greetings everyone uh, it's us jesus walks ministry slash podcast back again in your homes as we usually do every two weeks uh in this uh, window uh, with me today is uh, my brother martin from sweden hey brother and Arndt Jakob from Bergen, Norway. Uh, hey, greetings Marcus. to you. So, guys, before we kick off today's topic, uh, let me know, how are you doing? How's the week started? Yeah, it's um, it's fine. I have a couple of sick kids. Um, sick kids? Sick kids. Uh, yeah. uh, but uh, the funny <clears throat> thing, we started an alpha course yesterday with a, a family that we get to know um awesome. so yesterday we started yeah but the the problem was that their youngest one were really sick so we couldn't be inside so we we're sitting outside in in our garden and it was like six degrees so it was quite chilly but uh, nice okay that's the coldest alpha you have done probably huh? probably yeah everything for the gospel nice. everything <laughs> awesome. sounds great how about you yeah. aunt jacob no, it's good. We, uh, yeah, it's good. Uh, we have, um, you know, at home with uh, our two small kids, which is amazing. Having a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Sometimes a bit less sleep, um, but it's it's great. Um, and um, yeah, I was also very happy because because of this one one woman that got baptized on Thursday here. Had a very beautiful story and uh, awesome where people, a part of the church here, just basically have been walking with her and they went on to baptize her. And I basically just got to hear about it after it all had happened. So that those things make me happy. <laughs> Hallelujah. Beautiful. Yeah. Really good. Yeah, uh, it's it's doing well here in Riga as well. Uh, it's great to enjoy just meeting together in person, you know, the whole COVID things moving around. But just, uh, it's, uh, is it opening up a bit? Uh, it has been quite open, but now it's starting yeah. to look uh, a bit uh, heavy again. So we'll see. Uh, but we are just enjoying uh, every time we meet. So uh, yeah, it's just appreciation of being together. So yeah, uh, it's great. Uh, so we are covering different parts in Europe, but uh, today mm -hmm. we are back in the podcast, uh, which we do, uh, and and we we are right now in the series, uh, healing series. Uh, yeah, we see that it's an important topic, uh, often asked. Uh, some people are curious about it. We see it in Jesus' life. We see it in the in the Gospels. We see it in Acts, the first church and their life and their practical uh, living out uh, of the implication of Jesus' uh, life, death, and resurrection. Ascension as well. So, uh, yeah, because of that, we are now in this healing series and we have covered, if you haven't been following us, we have covered uh, part one, which was uh, physical healing, uh, both on the discipleship track, which is how you do it, and the leadership track uh, applies to the leaders, how you leave it out personally and how you pass it on to your church, how you integrate. It. So, we've been doing that with the physical healing. Part one, part two was about the inner or emotional soul healing. Uh, we, we covered that as well. Uh, yeah, we have had some really good response about that, which is great from leaders as well. So we're really happy. Uh, please give us feedback. It's important for us to just yeah feel the pulse that it's uh, it's just relevant. We believe it's relevant, but it's great to hear from you as well. And right now we are in the part three, which uh, which relates to the spiritual healing, or we could call it uh, often as well as deliverance. Uh, yeah. So, uh, and that's, uh, uh, this is uh, episode 26 of Jesus Walks. So, yeah, we have been going for a while. So, uh, yeah, give the word to you, Aunt Jacob. Uh, you can uh, take today's topic, yeah? Mm, yeah, thank you, Mortis. Yeah, so we are getting into uh, this topic of uh, deliverance, the term we often use in English for it, like, but basically about being set free from from oppression, from spirits uh, that are uh, not from God, that are like uh, evil spirits or unclean spirits, or the Bible has different names of these spirits. Um, and they are part of the kind of the invisible uh, realm in a sense that we don't see with our physical eye usually, you know, uh, but they are still here just as the angels from God are here and just as the Holy Spirit is very real, but we don't usually see him in that way, you know. So, so I mean, it's um, biblically, it's uh, quite a central topic, really, when, it, when you're looking on the, the life of Jesus. And 
just a reminder, this podcast about Jesus Walks is centered on Jesus and how he was walking with his disciples and what he was doing and what they were doing, serving the people. And so in that sense, we would say that as for healing and deliverance and those things in Jesus' life make up actually quite a big proportion of, of uh, the Gospels in the New Testament. So it's interesting always when you talk about this on a more like a European context, a Western context, you know, because I think that it's, it's a topic that isn't the most widely known or practiced thing in the churches. And it can sometimes be uh, a bit controversial too. But if you go on a mission trip to some uh, Asian country or African country or something, you know, you will find that, that these things are much more common and people talk about it. You have maybe witch doctors or, you know, that the spirit realm is much more kind of a part of people's everyday life, right? But here in, for example, Europe, where we are sitting, it's often a little bit like more new or especially maybe for the traditional church, it can be, yeah. So, but um we believe this is very important and very valuable. And so for you as a, as a leader who is like leading a church or, or a house church or a denomination or what it is that you are leading, shepherding, um, we believe this is one of the tools that is kind of in your belt that uh, is very vital to, to be able to really do this work of the kingdom of God in an effective way. So I think we want to just start by like, asking the question about kind of how, if you lead, let's say you lead a church, if I, I can, you know, put this question over to Marcus and Martin, if, if you're a pastor and this topic, you read about it, like for example, in Mark chapter one, uh, Jesus comes in the synagogue. Uh, there was a man um, possessed by an evil spirit that cries out. And then Jesus basically tells the spirit come out of him. And the spirit is shaking the man and then he leaves, you know, like, and, and, uh, and you are wondering, okay, you have some people in your church. You, you, you think that maybe, maybe they have some spiritual problems, but at least some of them have like a background from new age, for example. Uh, and sometimes when you are praying and you're leading the church, you could feel maybe some spiritual kind of oppression or kind of like warfare going on. And you, you just wonder a bit like, how do you, how shall I walk in this? And, and how can we as a church grow into understanding this and becoming effective in bringing freedom to people's lives? So what, what guys would you advise such a pastor to, to journey further into this? Maybe Martin, I can, I can give it to you first. Yeah. Um, yeah, but um, I think um, yeah, general when when it comes to adapting new things in in a local church, it's really wise to start talking to the like the key leaders. If it's uh, yeah, how do you structure? If it's the board or the home group leaders, or how do you structure it? But starting talking to them about it and and saying yeah. This is what I, yeah. He, he, here's what what the Bible says about it. I I think this is a an area that we are going into, heading into, and start there with just um, looking for questions and and uh, fears and uncertainties among the leadership group. So you you start there and and uh, helping to to on a theoretical way understand. Uh, these kind of of issues uh, so they you know that they you have them on board so you don't get uh, a lot of um, questions oh. from your own leaders when you start right. applying something so, so i think that's the cre- the key first thing is to to um yeah um yeah m- make that make them on board on a theoretical level then the next step is that you need to to get um to prepare some people in in living out practically in in the first stage, um, and when you're looking for those, I would say if if you know that you have a person with a with a gift of discernment of spirits, that's really really good to bring in in that kind of team for this kind of ministry. Um, people with a prophetic gift, it's not bad either, um, and. That you as um, that you also form that kind of you could start small, but form that kind of small team that that could um, 
um, yeah, learn more and then are, are able to, to start um, yeah, living it out. And it seemed like it served those people that yeah. might need that ministry as well. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's quite clear when you start this kind of ministry, that you, you start with a smaller group and a smaller team that are, are um, set off for this kind of ministry. Uh, maybe in the future that this could be so uh, so integrated in the church life. So this is this is anything like all small group leaders could could do, uh, but probably not start there, and probably not start with just yeah. Everyone here, uh, we just encourage everyone to to cast out demons. I, I don't think that's the wise start of it. Uh, you need to um, to give them yeah. Um, to give the the, the teaching and the attitudes, because uh, one challenge is that um, some immature Christians think that this is like a cool feature for a Christian, and running around trying to cast out demons, uh, yeah, b- both here and there, uh, and that's uh, that creates, um, yeah. Sometimes it could be really be like dangerous. I think we have a, we have this example in 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 Acts when they are trying to cast out a demon and they yeah got got beaten and ran away um but so we don't need that's not something that we need to be afraid of but we need to be sure about that this is we know what kind of mandate we have we know uh, what kind of minister this is um so starting starting that smaller team that has the that kind of uh, task from the church to to um, uh, yeah, do this. Huh. Much is uh, how um, how did you get into this? Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a good uh, question, and uh, I think it relates both my personal life and I think uh, Jesus walks as such. Uh, our ministry and heart is uh, really uh, about following Jesus and doing it His way, but we have a particular heart to talk about missions and how to reach people with the gospel uh, and how to make it practical, how to make it rela- uh, relatable for everyone. And we try to share it as much as we can uh, from our own lives and experiences. But one uh, one just reflection when I'm looking back in my own life <clears throat> and the church plan here in Riga is that once you really uh, start to go in missions and you have a heart to reach people, you mm. will eventually face this topic. So it's it's not a matter mm. if, but it's kind of when. And yeah. especially if you are in the leadership and you, your heart, you know, you pray like Luke tend to like send out the workers in the harvest. You know, you uh, you 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 memorize the Matthew twenty eight, the Great Commission uh, to go and make disciples of all nations. Uh, it's interesting that in Mark sixteen, where Jesus kind of. Uh, yeah, it's again, before his leaving, he, he commands in verse 15 to go into all world and preach the gospel. And in that context, he says that there will be signs as well uh, that follows those that goes and preach the gospels. And, and he says that they will drive out demons. Uh, and and uh, that's right before Jesus leaves. So it's just very mm-hmm. interesting to see it really goes hand in hand. Uh, this topic goes in hand in hand with like, um, yeah, missions and uh, making new disciples, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. as a church, that's our heart is to be on mission, uh, to be sent by Jesus. Uh, so so that's first. Uh, if you're a leader, if you uh, want to see new people coming to faith, I think eventually you will see this topic. Uh, yeah, if you're not ignorant towards it. Uh, yeah. So secondly, yeah. I think uh, in my own life it uh, it has been a longer process because mm-hmm. I maybe come from a context where it's uh, yeah people love Jesus. Maybe these topics which uh, they kind of seem to associate with charismatic camp, uh, which I do not come from. Uh, I come from the uh, Bible Belt evangelical circles. So <clears throat> I love the Bible, love theology, love reading dead guys. Uh, you know, way back. But uh, that whole charismatic experience was something far off. So, uh, so I I didn't hear much about it. So once I guess like through missions, th- th- these were the first encounters, and I mentioned it last episode in podcast, like just experiencing in the room first deliverance. I was amazed by uh, Jesus' authority. I wasn't amazed by demon the manifestation, which was you know first time I saw it physically in front of my eyes. So it kind of it was different. Something I read in the gospel suddenly becomes in, in, mm. in my experience. It, it's not uh, uh, it's objective. It's real to me in that sense. Uh, at the same time, I was amazed. I was going back home. I was amazed by the authority of Jesus. And suddenly, when praying in Jesus' name, Amen. it ch- changed my prayer life. Changed. Mm. I'm like that name really like it, like demons bow down to him. So it it started the whole journey for me, I guess. Uh, and in my own life, 
and you know by that slowly there is a pattern of course how uh, as you change you, you try to, to share it with others in both in your circle in the leadership circle in the church mm. culture etc so that i guess started the journey uh, for me mm. yeah. just one one comment there about the the mission and this i i just heard a couple of days ago a friend to, uh, told me about the uh, yeah a lady in his in her in her church uh, it's in Stockholm. So she is um, uh, going on the on the um, subway uh, and purposely brought a book that uh, with this. The title is "How do you get uh, um, um, yeah set free from demons?" So she said, uh, "Yes, reading that." And a guy came came forward and said, "Yeah, I need that. Can you help me out?" Mm-hmm. So um, she she brought him to to church and. Um, um, yeah, handling over to the pastor, and uh, they have met, uh, and then uh, yeah, so so uh, really, that was quite funny way of of just uh, um, hmm. yeah meeting people's needs in just uh, reading that kind of book on the on the subway and seeing people who really answer uh, that kind of question. Yeah, and I I can just add you know uh, as you mentioned this lady's story. In my own experience as well, like uh, the whole journey of missions, uh, but then also like Holy Spirit, how you follow Holy Spirit, him being the, the leader of the missions, right? In my own life, suddenly when I started meeting new people in, in, uh, in my country, I started to become much more aware of the spiritual baggage we have uh, here. So people, uh, and Christians would know that, but it's just like you somehow ignore the fact that uh, every second, third per- person have gone to witchcraft ladies, you know, fortune tellers healers uh doing all sorts of uh, yeah pagan stuff uh so yeah pe- it would be very common thing for people to have had like different encounters and experiences uh carry on the objects and stuff like that so it's just funny somehow i was a christian by somehow i blocked in a sense that whole side it just seemed kind of f- funny or irrelevant but once I started being and just being with people right uh, talking with them holy spirit maybe giving a word of knowledge and suddenly those conversations open up and ladies starting yeah, just sharing like the sea spirits, like, uh, you know, witches being their grandmothers and yeah, just it became much more real. And then I'm like, okay, I need to read the Bible and see uh, how, what did Jesus do, right? How he dealt with those things. And suddenly this topic became really practical in my life. I understood I have to, I have to find out, I have to like uh, dig into it. So it's triggered a journey for me. Uh, just meeting those people that were in captivity. Mm. Mm. That's good. I, I think um, I think just to bring it back to like um, back to basis that that this whole topic is about something that we can't see right usually like so it stays kind of hidden in people's lives and I think especially like in the West where it's not very upfront uh, it can it can be present but but many many people don't know about it are not aware of it or don't even believe in it including mm-hmm. in church right so I think I would say that the step number one is is prayer. That uh, that if we can be like uh, men and women of prayer who who really uh, draw near to God and get to know God and go deep in prayer and and kind of in that way engages um, in this kind of with the the kingdom of God the spiritual kingdom of God and uh, I think that um, it's really by the Holy Spirit that you are being kind of guided into understanding these realities more because it's, you can read and study and have intellectual knowledge, but it won't help you to deal with these things. So how you, how you kind of enter into this is that it is also by revelation that uh, it is something I think like this spirit, uh, no, I mean, this gift of discernment that was mentioned here, for example, uh, that we have had uh, different experiences with in, among us here on the pod, is that um, God can give a gift so that you can actually uh, sense spirits or feel or see or, uh, for example, like uh, Martin talked about, you can have a team with people with different gifts. Uh, and And so for me, I think that was something that helped me enter into it much more because I, mm. I, I met with God. I went deep in prayer. Uh, I was also praying for gifts because I felt I needed to be equipped. And I think that's totally a good thing. Like it, in the, the, the Bible says that it's good to seek for the gifts if you want to, you know, when you want to serve God. Right. And so I needed that. And at some point I started really to, 
to feel more of the the spirits. And this is not some kind of over charismatic. I also don't have that background. It's not about charismatic or not charismatic whatsoever. Uh, it's just about this is basic Bible, basically. This is the life of Jesus. And so I started to feel the Holy Spirit as I was praying in my room. I could, you know, sometimes I could sense that he would speak to me and that Jesus would speak to me. Um, but then I also started to feel more of the spiritual realities in the city here where I was living in Bergen or I met certain people and I suddenly I could see in their eyes that there's something here. Uh, there is something here that is uh, not them. Uh, I could identify that. And especially if I went to like a new age fair to, to, um, to share the gospel and pray for people, we had like a Christian stand. I could see in people's eyes things, for example, popping up here and there that I, I wasn't even aware of before, you know. And, and so, and then after a while, starting to ministering to people that came to faith from different kinds of background, I found that especially people who had been, for example, in New Age before and that came to Jesus that were even baptized, I started to find out that they usually needed deliverance. Uh, that they needed to actually repent from from what they had opened themselves up to of other spirits and practices, um, like it says in like in Acts of the Apostles from from Ephesus, right? With with Paul, that people came and they were burning their books and they were like really kind of repenting from those practice pagan uh, practices of spirituality and and um, that people actually need to be delivered, and it's not. Um, it's not always such a such a dramatic deal. Like it can can happen in peaceful ways. Again, like I remember one of my first experiences was actually together with a missionary. Uh, he had been in Indonesia as a missionary. In Indonesia, where he was at Sumatra, um, people were very much aware of the spirit realm. So it was very interesting to hear because the gospel for them about Jesus was not so much about who can forgive my sin. But it was, who is the strongest one? Mm. If you have a God that's stronger than these demons or these family spirits or whatever, or these witch doctors, uh, gods or spirits, mm. then I will commit to him. <laughs> that was the basic question, right? So, I mean, this family, this missionary family, they came from a Lutheran Norwegian background, but they were you know, thrown into that. And so God um, trained them. You know, and they learned to know the power in the name of Jesus. Mm. And, and I remember stories like one of the missionaries out there, basically, he was preaching open air meeting. It's like a crusade type of thing. A lot of people and he was preaching. And then in the middle, uh, he sees the mass of people opening up in two, like uh, separates in two groups and a, and a, a kind of a, a way opens up for, for a man who comes with this big, big, like kind of a jungle knife. Uh, and he is determined to go and uh, and kill the preacher. So he just walks with his weapon straight at the preacher and he's saying something. And it's clearly like he's demon-possessed. Uh, um, and everybody's afraid and like he's walking. And this preacher stands in the front from Norway, Lutheran background, you know, another guy. And, and then he just says, he speaks out and he says that, uh, in the name of Jesus, fall down, he says. And then this guy collapses on the on the ground, um, and he keeps preaching the gospel afterwards. You know, and, and and so this was one of the first stories I heard. And and so I I went with his missionaries, and he was sometimes contacted by people here in Norway um, who had a need and a problem, uh, but they maybe didn't tell so many people. So we were in his office and um, praying for this couple, um, and there was this lady that came from a uh, more like Asian background and. We, we read a bit of scriptures about how Jesus sets free from spirits. And then we talked a bit and she wanted Jesus and she had, she was like repenting from sin and from all the spirituality, wanted to fully commit to Jesus, you know, and, and we started to pray. Uh, she started to shake, like not very, very strongly, but, and then we were like speaking to those spirits and the Holy Spirit was helping to reveal kind of what kind of spirit it was. Uh, and then basically they left and she, she, and the, in the end, it was like this very like clear piece of the Holy spirit that came. She like her whole body calmed down and then mm. we just knew that it was done. Mm. So that was one of my first experiences. Yeah. It's, um, it's interesting. I'm, I'm, um, 
I think that you are, are um, on onto something there, Jacob, that this is somewhat present in our countries, but it's quite hidden. And, and it's not um, often we, we don't know that it's going on. That's been my experience that, um, that a lot of mm. local leaders have some kind of experience, but it's not done uh, it's not done publicly, uh, and it's probably wise, but it's not even publicly known or even known by leaders. So it's very few in the church who knows about this. And I think it's also one reason of that is that we are in a very much of a secular society. So these, even by Christians, is quite odd in some ways, in, in some areas. So that's um, we, we are not really proclaiming this kind of ministry. So it's it's more done hiddenly because uh, we, 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 we know it exists, but we don't really take the uh, education uh, responsibility to, for, the, for the church about it. That's mm. my, my experience about it. Yeah. What do you think, Martin? Uh, should, like, uh, how can we change it? Uh, like, uh, what do you think is the, the key to, to make it yeah, more normative? Uh, Um, so it's not just like hidden thing or uh, how to make it. Yeah. Yeah, but I I think we we need to um, when we preach about these Bible verses, I think we need to to give these kind of stories and and tell that what we what we have done like in 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 a Swedish context. Uh, so we refer to the ministry. We 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 might not just show it publicly, but just saying. Doing the comparison, for example, the the guy in the synagogue, as you uh, read in Mark one, uh, and when we read that, we could say, yeah, as as me, yeah, I the first one I I helped to deliver, he was brought up in a church and had four demons, um, and and that also gives us a broader understanding about the situation. Um, mm. <laughs> so. Um, Yeah, so so I think it's um, 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 yeah making connections between the the Bible verse and our our present uh, is a key for us to to do this in order to just raise awareness on, on a theoretical level, and then you could we, um, you could then add and said yeah we have uh, this kind of ministry team in this church so we. We invited him. For example, if we talk about this lady on the on the subway, we can talk, we can share that as a, as a good testimony about how to to share Christ in different ways. And then said, yeah. So she brought him uh, to the pastor who who um, who um, like um, connected this kind of ministry team to him. So he he were able to be delivered. That's you you really uh, yeah. So you you you're showing that this is something that we have a routine for in the church. You don't know all need to be um, part of it. You don't know all need to really know who's in it or how how does it work. But you it's this is um, a normal thing for us, and we, and we take care of it like like other things. For example, when we're helping out people with finances, we don't say that yeah this lady came uh, and we point her out she didn't have money for food. We just talk about that. Yeah, we're help, helping people with uh, with their expenses. If if uh, it's a lack of it, you don't need to know exactly who is go, go, getting help, how much money. But we have this kind of ministry. I think this is a a good way to um, yeah, good comparison. Hmm. How about you, uh, Arn Jacob? Uh, what do you think is like good ways that uh, a leader can start to uh, yeah make this normative and bridge the gap into like the church uh, environment? culture uh, i think to, to normalize it like it's uh, it's sometimes uh, when there is little knowledge people often are a bit afraid of the topic and it mm. is also controversial in some circles as a matter of fact i i just think that there's no reason to be scared at all of these things and so in that way it's very good to make experiences because by experiences you will not anymore be so um scared or so focused on it actually but just you know it's like martin says it's it's a real need in people's lives like many other needs and it's it's part of what the gospel is about bringing yeah. help and freedom in that in that area so i think to bring it down not as like this big thing but more like 
as a reality. Mm. Um, and then I think when it comes to helping our own people, I think also it's good to look at um, one thing is this discernment about how to identify this uh, this problem. But another way is to look for a behavior and um, like thoughts and emotions and actions in people's lives, that behavior that seem to be a bit like outside of normal, like kind of um, things that are, are, are um, very strong fear, for example, in a person's life or a very deep hopelessness, uh, someone who always collapses at any challenge that comes, for example, or... Uh, and then, and then to engage in like a clo- more closeness of conversation and prayer in a healthy small group of relationships. Uh, be aware of this man-woman dynamic that, you know, it's a healthy approach. Mm-hmm. Um, but also walk with the person and, and kind of like um, find the root problem, you know, because the, the, uh, these spirits uh, typically have had a way to come in, right? And if you can deal with that door or that root and address the spirit and bring freedom it's amazing so i think it's it's a i think it's something that's possible to to normalize and i also think it's something that's possible to equip more people to help others with this i don't think it should be only for like specialists yeah and uh on that question uh if we go even more practical how would you guys uh, comment on like the approach uh regarding uh sunday gatherings home groups uh, if there is prayer time and there is sense of something coming up, yeah. What's your experience in your local uh, communities? Uh, yeah, to make this normative, how would you approach like the public prayer for these things, or uh, yeah, or rather uh, something disclosed, more like private, uh, separate meetings? How would you go about that? I I would say that the the biggest that's that some challenges with doing this publicly, and the first one I think is the the time frame that you suddenly get. So if you're doing it in a Sunday service, uh, it's easy that you feel that you are in a rush if this comes up in a, in a prayer situations. Hmm. Um, and also in the small group, uh, it's because the whole like small group gathering will need to have a pause and this might take some time. So I, I think uh, in we are all this ministry we're doing our, our own love for the individual and therefore we want to do it like as properly as as possible uh n- not feeling that we are rushing into anything or forcing anything uh so i think therefore it's it's wiser to do it separately where we really have set time off and we're not in a rush we we don't have to focus about oh yeah i need to to go and put on the coffee or oh i need to talk to that one after the service so we can just be present um we in in the in the situation i think that's mm. the in in our kind of gatherings when we have more of a time limit it's i think it's wiser to to uh, postpone it to another time uh, for that mm. kind of reason yeah I would say I would say that I would I would actually like uh, do it uh, in any setting um, if it proves to be kind of like a smooth process. Let's say you you find a route um, and you you're able to bring that freedom. But if but if it shows that uh, there is a spirit that starts to manifest in a, a bit more dramatic way, or you sense that something is coming up. Uh, and sometimes you can sense that whether it is like a bit um, more uh, or it's it's not such a difficult one, uh, then I would surely also transition to another time, another room, like as soon as as soon as you know it is even a little bit starting like that. But of course, it is interesting still uh, to see Jesus doing it in public uh, in in the Bible. But I don't know, like um, Marcus, what what would you be your take on it? I know you also have had experiences back in Riga as well. Yeah, I agree with you, both of you guys. I think uh, I think there is wisdom <laughs> in both, and we see uh, Jesus doing both, right? I, th- I think we see both the public aspect, which challenges me a lot because I'm more like, let's do it just separately, and we mostly do that. We we set a separate time uh, meeting, as you say, Martin. I think there's a lot of wisdom for that. Uh, there is a set time. There is a quite clear focus uh, for the meeting person is kind of wanting that and prepared and yeah uh, and at the same time uh, yeah we see also the public aspect and i think uh, 
that's where I'm more challenged, uh, which I think is good uh, in a sense, because I see that's like, yeah, uh, Jesus did it quite publicly as well. And at the same time, he didn't want to, as you say, Aunt Jacob, give attention uh, to the enemy. And I think a good example of that is Mark 9, uh, where there's the boy with unclean spirit um, that the disciples couldn't uh, cast out. And, and then uh, it, the text says that uh, once Jesus saw that the crowds were getting uh, coming towards the boy because he was uh, the demon was getting attention and the crowds were running, Jesus like uh, uh, rebuked and was like quite fast and authoritative about it, not to give the attention to the enemy. And I think that's like a good point because in that context, there was like, you know, quite messy situation and uh, disciples trying to cast out the demon publicly. That's not happening. It's like a messy situation. And uh, Jesus doesn't want to give uh, credit much for the, uh, to the darkness, but it's interesting. He doesn't set a separate meeting. He just does it in a sense, some somewhat uh, personally aside. So at least from the text, we can understand that. Mm -hmm. So, and then he has a feedback uh, meeting, so to say with the disciples explaining why they couldn't cast it out. And he explains the, um, in one translation, I think it's prayer and prayer and fasting in the other one. But uh, yeah, it's uh, we can see that connection. So so I just think if, if in the church, uh, the prayer life is happening. I think uh, if also, uh, yeah, there's a good uh, biblical teaching about it. I think it's very good to connect those all. I think it's good uh, to share experiences, but constantly go back to Jesus, go back to the apostles, disciples, and just look uh, Yeah, how much we can mm. see already so much examples in the scriptures. And it's mm. good to be challenged by the scriptures also for those that teach, such as me. Uh, I like the challenge of Jesus. I like the challenge. Uh, so it's, uh, I think there's wisdom in both. Uh, and uh, I would normally prefer the individual uh, separate one, but I think we have to be open uh, if spirit leads also, if it's public and yeah, the person really needs uh, freedom right there. Yeah. But I, I think uh, it's, uh, this is interesting because of course we need to take the gospel as uh, as role model. Um, but one thought I have about this is we, we realize that every time Jesus, um, no one uh, questions that they are evil spirits in the Gospels. Uh, so the only one, one you're questioning is uh, what kind of force is he, is he delivered the evil spirits with? Um, so they never question. So that's... that's um, quite normal normative way of, of living with the evil spirit as you mentioned in in, uh, in indonesia aj and i think i wonder if that's a, a differences in order to do it publicly because um uh, in in our in our context when people in a secular uh, worldview when you don't have any spirits at all that is a real uh, yeah it's a really really strange thing and um, maybe you create more questions than than answers in that kind of setting uh, in a in a swedish setting um i don't know uh, or maybe it's yes yes us who are, are a bit um yeah scared about the the reactions but i think it, with that kind of context i i i believe is um is also important to look at before just copying what Jesus did. Yeah, I definitely agree. Yet I think at the same time we uh, we talk maybe at this point also about like uh, the church like gathering, let's say Sunday, and of course we try to align our thinking with like the uh, yeah the biblical worldview of the spirituality and the physical and spiritual and the interconnection, right? And I try to get rid of uh, yeah the yeah only one side approach to these things and only the material mm -hmm. stuff so so i think though of course it's important uh, to take the uh, local context in mind yet i think as churches of course we as teachers and leaders we we want our people to uh, to have that biblical worldview where yeah it's this interconnection heaven earth uh, physical spiritual right it's very interconnected so i think it's uh, it's a good challenge uh, yeah to see those all uh, in hand and, and uh, be open uh, and mm. loving and caring around people, not to be kind of just oh. ignorant and go in flesh about these things, because that does the opposite uh, effect, yeah. of course. So that's important to mention that you know people have abused this ministry, mm. uh, and and yeah, so so we don't want to do that for sure. But at no. the same time, I think it's good to be just like open and uh, mm. yeah, uh, yeah. 
that's uh, but, it, but it's, it's interesting to see for example the new age environment not being ashamed whatsoever of spirituality in our yeah. day in our countries right? that's europe right it's, it's uh, europe and I, I think a lot of people also have a kind of a bit like lost a bit respect for for church because uh, maybe the only thing they know is is a quite a religious yeah. um theoretical church and they haven't found help for their problems so they haven't found realities that are spiritual uh, people mm. maybe have a spiritual hunger and so but of course we will be a bigger target you know for criticism yeah. uh usually because of because of the biblical reality we live in you know so i think uh, it, wisdom i think is good i think wisdom <laughs> is good I think so. But I think <laughs> but I do think we need to create a culture and 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 correct the culture. Like I mean we need to bring the truth, right? And so yeah. to do it in a wise way and do it not out of fear, but to do it with faith and, and love and honesty, you know. But I think do I do think that it is important that this type of ministry is, is done in with maturity because it, yeah, because it is um Maybe especially in our culture, also it is quite personal, mm. and and it can it can if yeah it's very important that you are I think just to connect with the like especially if there are people in your church that mm. that uh, are with you that want yeah. to help and need the help that and you connect with them that you that you you have them with you on the process that they understand what's going on they want it and it's you, that you cooperate through it and usually when you cooperate through it it's it's much much easier to get uh, them to be free right as well and so i think this thing about love and wisdom and so i think it's good that you as a leader um just make sure that those that that are practicing this that yeah that they are healthy loving people yeah. that has a sound mind and understand how to how to relate to people in a good way you mm. know and because it's it's a it's really you you really get into the often also the depth of sin and the history of a person mm. when it comes to these matters maybe the person will find him or herself uh, saying or acting in ways uh, that they usually wouldn't do right and and feel a bit like you know um feel bad about that maybe even or just so yeah. but just to, but we we have a friend who's like has a lot of um a lot of experience with deliverance she's from england and uh, she usually says that she when she, when there is a person coming she would just really love them and just tell them like yeah would you like a cup of tea or a cup of coffee or like you know like really f- make the person feel safe and comfortable and not make it like a big deal out of it as, as such yeah. but but more um you know just that the people the, it's not about the the person is the one you love the one you want to help but the spirit is what we both want that it leaves mm. right <laughs> so you yeah. cooperate to get the spirit out somehow but of course if you are in a situation where it's more like when jesus meets somebody and there is a spirit starting to shout at him you know and there is this confrontation aspect i mean usually outside of your church this could be in your daily life somewhere and some of us have experienced that right people that are engaged in all the spirituality or just uh, i mean i've seen you know yeah kids and and, and stuff where, where people are really you just the spirit is speaking basically and it's like talking at you and insulting you and different, you know and then you use your authority right but you still remember the person that is there mm. right so you can i've seen people fall down you know and and shake and and they like it's and you see they really need help because uh, they have lost control even right and mm-hmm. so then you you use the authority for sure but uh, mm-hmm. you you just you keep loving the person hmm. i have an experience um that is um yeah a decade ago a little more uh we went to southern ethiopia uh with our um yeah our our sister church that is uh really um yeah it's a really progressive church uh, a lot of um meeting people's needs and, and so on so we had a like a campaign in the in this village like seven thousand people sitting in a in the grass um and um we had meetings yeah four long meetings every day i think but uh, after after the the um, the preaching and then in the in the worship, they have the the um, uh, one of the worship leaders were really strong in discernment of spirit. So 
they uh, he said yeah i i you are you are you're sitting or standing over in that direction and then from the front and now here's the cultural differences but he said that yeah you are possessed because your father forced you into prostitution for example was one of the and then the whole the old people just um, said uh, jesus is lord um, that's called jesus gatano and then they said it until the the demon had to uh, manifest so then they found out who it was and then helped her backstage uh, and they, this happened roughly around 50 people every 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 service so we had 200 people a day during these days who, who got delivered and then like backstage we were using a school building there down there so in the classrooms we we had teams um praying for the people deliver them uh and then they they got to um to um um yeah in the end of that they had the the testing guy so he asked if they could confess that jesus is lord oh. according to the bible and if oh. they could he he passes them on to the to the next stage but if they he those who didn't can they he sent them back to the school so they had to be more more delivered yeah. i like the practical the approach they, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah so and then the last uh, thing they they took their name and address in order to follow up uh, the following week the local church there but they really have a structure of it but of course that kind of um um that was in a context when the spirit was was totally common so it, it wasn't any Like we got attacked by the local witch doctor when we were out having lunch. She approached us and and started. Uh, yeah, she was really angry. Um, so that was in in a context when when it was quite um, quite normal. But I would say that in in our context, like public is saying, yeah, your father forced you into prostitution. Uh, that's not really working. Um, or maybe it's not working there either but but i we need we it's a good reminder of that the, this kind of how we do this needs to really to be focus on love on the people but also really be sensitive sensitive in in uh, in the in the culture how is this done properly in uh, in the culture with that it's it's a really good uh, aftertaste of it mm. yeah uh thanks for sharing uh guys i think uh, we have to uh yeah wrap the, towards the end yeah. so maybe we can just give some uh yeah final thoughts or reflections as uh, as to the leaders that are listening and uh yeah have we have shared different stuff maybe some final thoughts from each yeah i can just share one the the i think um, we we mentioned it last episode but it's very good to remind us that we we need to have the discernment uh, i usually talk about that if someone has a, a stomach um, problem it could be that they are worried about uh, school tomorrow it could be that they haven't eaten enough it also could be a demon and you have the discernment in order to know what kind of solution is it so you can't really know that yeah everything is um, is um um that you are, are possessed by demons so you need really need to have the holistic view and the discernment in order to enter this team kind of ministry hmm. that's good yeah aj yeah i think it's good to to start uh start uh, to pray and seek god for this for your church and what you're involved in and for your own life and and see how he how, how the holy spirit will lead you and Perhaps the perhaps you would get like uh, faith and and peace to um, start to teach about deliverance in the church, and go to the go to scripture about how what Jesus did, you know, and, and the biblical uh, aspects, and then so that you you actually you know you tell people about it and open the door in a sense that this is for us as well, and then have either you yourself or somebody in the church can come and share. Uh, st- testimony or story from their life for example of how they were delivered we had that recently a girl in in the church here that came and openly shared uh, she was comfortable doing that both uh, what had happened in her life uh, and then how she was delivered and how it changed her life you know and and then 
through this and also have invitation for prayer and things. But, but in this way, you can open the door, you can make it accessible, you can normalize it with people's own stories, and then you can have invitation to come for, for prayer. Sometimes people don't know if, if, there, if there is a spirit or not, but they just know they really struggle in this area and they don't know how to overcome it. Then they can just come and we pray and then we will see the Holy Spirit will help us, right? So I think to, uh, to, um, to provide a, a ground and give a green light and uh, step by step, the Holy Spirit, I think, going help, gonna to help in the process. That's great. Yeah. Thanks, AJ. Uh, yeah. As for, as for me, I can just uh, encourage, uh, this is a really uh, life-giving topic. Even last week, we had a situation here in our local church where a person, uh, yeah, was totally led by the spirit in a specific situation to pray for the other person. And uh, yeah, there was like uh, uh, around one, one and a half hour uh, prayer. And it's very physical, and it ended up being quite uh, like uh, specifically spiritual. Uh, yeah, demon was manif- manifesting, and eventually there was freedom. And uh, and the beautiful part about it was that it uh, it happened in a home setting, and and afterwards this uh, believer from the church said like, uh, "Wow, it felt like I was in this fog the whole time, and it wasn't like clear what it was. And now it's just like it feels so much different. Uh, it, it's like." I wanted to worship Jesus back then, but it was just so much hard, uh, like physically, emotionally. And, uh, and there wasn't everything clear what it was. There was some things, but it, the beautiful, it w- became like really a testimony that was shared to various people. And uh, the effect really, it wasn't just a testimony. It was like a person's life was really changed and, and uh, she could really feel the difference in her daily life afterwards. It's like a before and after kind of uh, thing. So I just want to encourage every leader listening that it's, uh, yeah, we are talking about uh, our brothers and sisters and about human beings uh, created an image of God that yeah are suffering. And it's, it's really, uh, yeah, these demons harass people and they uh, afflict and it's like painful and uh, yeah, in many ways uh, in different areas. So, so I just want to encourage to really align and pray for God's heart in your own um, uh, yeah, heart. Uh, and the, the, this is not just a topic. Uh, it's actually uh, yeah, Father's heart expressed through the Spirit uh, out of Jesus' authority uh, to, to set the captives free to really help uh, minister to people. So as Antiochus, you said, start with prayer. And uh, even as disciples said, why can't we cast out spirits? And maybe for someone it's like, I intellectually believe, but I have never done it. And just ask for these honest prayers to God. Like, I want to do it. Help me. Give me uh, situations. Give me people. Uh, give me faith. Lead me into it. And uh, yeah, I believe God honors that because he has so many people he wants to minister to through you. So so be encouraged. This is uh, yeah a topic uh, that's rooted in gospel. So uh, be assured. And uh, yeah, we uh, we will continue uh, more and then uh, to touch it again, I'm, I'm sure. Uh, but uh, yeah, thank you guys for today. I think it, it has been valuable. And uh, yeah, for those listening, uh, there is also... Uh, uh, part uh, uh, previous part of this spiritual healing slash deliverance topic uh, that we covered before. Uh, so uh, definitely, if you haven't listened, uh, it's good to connect to those series as we develop it as we go. Uh, yeah, so I guess that's it, guys, for today. Uh, thank you for joining in. Thank you for sharing. And uh, yeah, uh, looking forward for the kingdom of God to continue to move in uh, places where we live. Uh, more stories to come uh, forth. Uh, also in this area so uh yeah by god's grace let's keep uh, going on so uh yeah see you everyone uh, soon again bye from us bye, bye.